Hey everybody, welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. My name is Adam. As always, thank you so much for joining us. That opening theme was brought to us by Brandon Company, and this week's closing theme, as always, is brought to us by Jish. It is the Hero of Time Remix. You can find that down below, as well as his Twitter, my Twitter, and everyone else's information that is on this week's episode, as well as any of the articles that we may be discussing this week. But before we get into any of that, uh, let's get a brief rundown of what happened this past week. Nintendo has a big conference, we help you prepare for a very nerdy Halloween, and we bicker about Halo this week. Uh, thankfully, joining me on this very spooky episode of the podcast uh, Oh is... yeah, happy Halloween. <laughs> happy Halloween <laughs> oh, to you too. Exa- oh, wait, what's up guys? It's uh, your <laughs> your Master Chief in the flesh, uh, is Christopher. Uh, how are you all today? Happy Halloween, Hallow's Eve to you More like boys Master and Chef Jr. Master Chef, that's my rank, <laughs> Master Chef Jr. Hello. This is Colin. This is probably the most straight-faced introduction I've actually done uh, since returning to the podcast. And by this time next week, I will be on a new computer. And that's exciting. Were you not on last week? I, I was on last week. Then why do you say returning? Since returning, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get you. I wasn't... I, I feel it's. It feels like you never left. <laughs> it honestly... Yeah. I honestly... Feel like <laughs> oh, well... Oh, Adam, I never did, <laughs> except for like a good gap of like fifty episodes. But, like, yeah, <laughs> don't call it. Don't call it a comeback. Am I right? Don't call in a com uh, drum. Oh, okay. Get <laughs> out of here. Last but not least, we have filling in for the fourth. It's Jeff. I'm here to kick Zelda monster butt and talk about Undertale. And I'm all out of Zelda monster butt. We're all out of Undertale. So I guess we're both Never just out of Undertale. <laughs> uh, well, I guess everyone's just here for nothing then. Everybody just gets mounds. Can we get can we get Spartan abilities? Can we no, you just walk? get mounds. You get mini fun sized mound bars and regular sized mound bars. That's all you I get. Hate, I honestly I hate mounds. I know the that's why everybody almond, gets them. And almond joy, almond joys are the worst. I had a remember that we had a teacher that t- taught economics in high school that loved almond joy. Almond joy used to say with that like. Very nasally voice. Adam, I know who exactly you're talking about, and you're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's, 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 let's the topics. Uh, yeah, so let's get into, I guess, this week's uh, topics. But before we get into everything, I want to ask, as always, what have you guys been playing this past week? Halo 5 Guardians. Halo 5 Guardians. Halo 5 Guardians. That's that's pretty much all I've been playing. The Guardians of the Airport. Yeah, I got I picked it up on the Monday night on the on the midnight release, which GameStop almost screwed me over on. Um, I, I guess I'll explain that why later. Big turnout. I, I I honestly haven't been to like a midnight release for a game in a while. It feels last, like hmm? n- no. You're the last midnight release for a game I've been to was for Halo Four. And really? before wow. that, you, yeah. You guys <laughs> exactly. want to know the last midnight launch I went to? What the Xbox One? Wow, wow. <laughs> I went to the uh, one for Smash Bros. last. Uh, for they didn't have 3DS. one for me. I mean, I guess wasn't I, like... I technically went to the quote-unquote midnight launch of Smash Brothers in the new 3DS, but it was more like I went to GameStop like an hour after they opened and just went, hey, thanks, see ya. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I went to gaming events where they're like, oh, hey, we're having a tournament in Smash Brothers. I'm like, all right, I'll show up there. <laughs> I did that I did that for Smash Fest. I spent all day at Smash Fest just because all day I spent in the line. And I didn't get to play till like the very end of the day. 
Um, and then when Smash Bros. came out, I went to Best Buy and I saw the line of people. You know, say, hey. living in New York, they actually have a lot of launch parties for games in the right, city. Right, because you have the Nintendo World Store, you have all these big yeah, like, they actually stores had and stuff. one for yeah. Halo Five, and I was planning on oh, wow. going, but I just I, I wasn't able to. But like, and I, then your and your favorite person was there. Yeah, Brian Reed. We'll get to talk about Brian Reed in a minute, but <laughs> I, they did a. <clears throat> they did I feel a like launch... this episode's gonna get very heated. <laughs> yes. Um, heating up. I'm heating up. But yeah, Nintendo World had a launch for Chibi Robo. They had one for Bayonetta 2 for a ton of games. And I, I, it sucks that I haven't been to, like, any. Jeff, what have you played this week? I guess I go first? You're going second. Y- second, yeah, because thanks second. for paying attention. I get to go first? You get to go second. <laughs> second, Jeff, you're number two. No, actually, you're not even number two. You're number four on this podcast. What if I edit it to two. make it sound like you went first? Can we go... Can Can we start over? No, go no. now. Just no. Go. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give you one guess as to one game I played. It wasn't a Zelda game. It wasn't um, a Zelda game. Fun fact: I have not bought Triforce Heroes yet, and I'm not sure if really? I plan to. Why? Neither Adam and I haven't bought. We'll talk about that more broke. later. But like in terms of what I have been playing, listen. If I had the money, I would put some serious money down on some Triforce Heroes right now, and I'd be having some amazing action yeah, right now. Yeah. I'm not saying but, I don't want to get it. I want to get the game. It's just a Halo 5 is sort of a priority, because you know I, I, you need to play your Halo games. Yeah. If you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This anyway, Jeff, what have you been playing? This not um, <laughs> yeah. I've been playing uh, some Undertale. It's wonderful. And I've been playing Yoshi's Woolly World, which is also wonderful in a different way. Yeah. So, All right. Have you been playing it with your now, girlfriend? Now's for me to step in. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. hold on. No, Jeff, Josh, you're all wrong. I was wrong. answering Adam. I know. Been... Hang on, you're all wrong. I've been. I'm playing asking about the real game of the year, and that is Fatal Frame, made in the black water on the Wii U. That's I'm great. I actually wanted to talk about Fatal Frame, but anyway, Jeff, have you been playing Yoshi's Woolly World with your your girlfriend? Yes, the co-op is fun. Isn't it like the best couple game ever? It is the best couple game ever. It's it's amazing because it's like everything that they wanted to accomplish with New Super Mario Bros. Where, you know, there was that bubble mechanic mm-hmm. where you could go in the bubble and you kind of carry along the other player. Right. For this one, one, difficulty curve is very... kind of, you know, not too steep yet, at least. Um, and mm-hmm. the other thing is, like, because you can take the other player and turn them into an egg or a yarn ball just like any other enemy, there's a lot of cooperative stuff you can do. That also kind of carries them around. And it feels very natural. Yeah. Like, yeah. it plays really well into the game. Because the bubble in, in the Super Mario Bros. U felt really weird. Like, it just kind of seems out of place. It's like, uh, just put them in a bubble. Whatever. No, it is. It was but the, but bubble. we've had things like that uh, where we're playing, and it's like, hey, throw me at that. And it's like, okay. And it's like, you're still doing something, even though, you know, yeah. there's there's a bit of, a, um, of an experience gap between the two of us. Like, I've been playing, I play, like, every right. Mario platformer. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a beautiful game, and the music is actually really fun. It's a very yeah, enjoyable game. I think it's very, it's it's very relaxing, despite it, having like difficult moments. It is very can... relaxing, and the nice thing is, uh, it's easy to play in short for a Wii U game. It's a very easy game to play in short bursts and snuggle with. I guess. I mean, it's got a little screen. Does the uh, the Something gamepad screen? It. Does it? Like, does it really contribute into the game? I'm, I don't remember from last time I played. No, it. really. I mean, I mean, it's it it does the simulcast just like any other game does. Okay. Um, for the, or most games do for the Wii U. 
So, I mean, there's that, but we've been So you can play it on the bus on like you're our want to do. Uh, you could play it on the bus as long as you have an outlet. I've done that. Played Smash yeah, on the bus. It's really hard with four people. Same with Mario Kart, especially if you're using turn controls. Don't use turn controls when other people are <laughs> And you're shaking the screen while people are trying to look at these tiny-ass little monitors. Wonderful. Anyway, I think Colin wanted to talk about the game of the year. Yeah, game of the year, Fatal Frame, made in the black water for the Wii U. I know almost nothing about that besides for the fact that there's a Zelda there's, costume and th- there's, there's a Zero Suit Samus costume. So let me explain to you how Fatal Frame works. So there are spoopy ghosts, and you have a camera, and you take pictures of those spoopy ghosts, and that's how combat works. Yeah, it's about it. <laughs> yep. And it's pretty neat. It's, what I like about it, what I like about Fatal Frame, what I like about Fatal Frame is that it's it's always been a good series. They've right. All the Fatal Frame games, or at least the ones that have been released in the US, that is. Uh, one, one, two, two and three. this one. No, one, two, three, and this one. Oh, three was released uh, in the US? Yes, just no one plays it. No one oh. likes to talk about it. Um, but they, they've always the been, question. they've always been good games, not great games. They've never mm-hmm. been critic starlings. They're, they're, they're not as big as say Resident Evil or Silent Hill. Right. But what's been great about that is that it means that the Fatal Frame series has always kept what made the series, the series. It right. has not it's, gone any weird direction or like actiony, like. RE or Silent Hill. It's did. definitely one of those franchises that's very strange because it doesn't make a lot of money. It's it, I no, don't think it, it ever really which breaks is why, millions. Which ever. is why the remake of one and two on the Wii was not released here, and why right. four on the Wii was not released here. And why it seems five really is crazy because because yeah because these newer ones it feels like they went way backwards with the like the localization. Almost yeah. as if it became more difficult suddenly to localize these games. When I think that the audience right now in the U.S. would be more interested than ever to play a Fatal Frame series game because totally. we we're, we have a distinct lack of Silent Hill and Resident Evil games that are coming out and coming out strong. And you know what? I've played the first two. I have not played the third. The third one. I'm mm-hmm. waiting on that one. But I, from what I've played of all three games, what I can tell you is that Fatal Frame Five is a damn good Fatal Frame game. It is. Uh, it continues the tradition. It's a very good looking game. And the gamepad interaction is some of the best on the console. I'm exci- I was excited for the gamepad because uh, I didn't know about the series until you introduced me to it, actually. Yeah. But when, when you explained it to me and uh, I looked into it, I was really excited to see how you know the camera works in with the, the controller. Because it's, it's honestly one of those games that the Wii U was designed for. Yeah, no, it's a series that the was designed for the Wii U. Basically, as, I, as Adam said before, the idea is that you have a camera and you take pictures of ghosts what that means is that using the gamepad screen and gyro you can pick up your gamepad and use it as if you're holding the camera in game right uh but they also did it in an interesting way where if you don't feel like doing that you can sit the gamepad in your lap and you can just use the analog sticks and use it the exact same way which is good because it gives you options without like locking you into one of them uh, which a lot of people like. I know people like Chris don't exactly want to use the gamepad uh, as a and giant the game, the game has it's, not, it's not bad. It's just uh, no, I no. Wish... I'm not saying. I'm just saying that like I I'm know you in particular aren't, aren't a fan yeah. of it, right? But now you have the option of just playing it normally. I and guess, the game yeah. has a great atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's wonderful to actually see a game that's spooky. Does like... the game? Uh, 
did they use ammo to solve puzzles again or is it just for yeah you use, you use the camera to ah, that's to solve puzzles but like it's, i never like that fine but but like what's what's great about that is that now the way you can you know use the gamepad to interact um it's more reliant on using the gamepad okay than just like switch to this film press this button like for example there there may be a time where you have to have an object appear in the game and it won't appear until you lock onto it with the camera and then you turn the gamepad a specific way like at a specific angle so that it matches that item that's cool yeah uh and as i said the atmosphere is genuinely spooky there's actual like mm. creepy things happening like there's... do they what is the environment of this game like it's, in terms of like is it like one mansion or is it several or is um, it a village it's a big landscape the fatal frame games have sort of grown in size and it's mostly focused on basically like a big mountain village. Okay. So you have your spooky forests, you have your uh, your weird little huts, you have your, you know, buildings, like regular like mm-hmm. RE type buildings. Right. A uh, lot of horror games tend to have, even though they have those distinct environments, I feel like they always tend to blend into each other. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like this game kind of suffers from that at all? No, it doesn't because um, okay. it there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, very unique items around uh, in the game environment that will kind of give it a feel that most other games don't have. Okay. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but like for example, like there's there's weird unexplained things that happen in the environment, and they're not for any rhyme of reason. They're just there because why not? Which uh, okay. Which most which most games are usually like, oh, if you go to that spooky tree, it's because there's like a cutscene talking about that spooky tree and why it's spooky. But in this game, it's like no, that's a spooky tree. Just as didn't the developers create the first, like the whole myth about the the mansion from the first game or something? Yeah, the second game. they they said it was like based on a true story, but it really isn't. Yeah, yeah. The only complaint I have about Fatal Frame is the controls. They're really, really awkward. Uh, which version? Both or just uh just the motion controls? The um motion controls are fine. The moving around. It's 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 really hard to say until you actually have the controller in hand and you're moving around. Um, but the camera is super slow, and turning is like really wonky. Okay. Um, but other than that, I've been having a blast with it. I'm glad to hear it, man. You've been looking forward to this game for a long time. I have. It's, like... it's been it's been on my. I'd have to say it's probably the most anticipated game I had for the Wii U all year. Because it's been a year since it got released. Yeah. Uh, in Japan, at in least. In Japan, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, personally, the game that I played this week uh, was another game that Colin introduced me to. was Fistful of Frags. So good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we spent, like, last week. Wait, did uh, I play Duck it. Game last week as yes, well? Yes, you did. You played Duck I Game. I played Duck Game for the first time. That was exciting. I was really looking forward to that. I've been wanting that game for months. And uh, I got to play it with Colin and our good friend, Alfred, who's been on the show, Paper Box House. Yeah. You may have heard of him. Uh, check out his stuff. I'll probably put something down below. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun playing as ducks, quacking around, having a goofy old time. Um, and Fistful of Frags was refreshingly uh, for a shooter. It was the Western we needed. Yeah, it was like refreshingly quiet for like a shooter. Like there wasn't a lot of busyness going on. It's it's very intense, but the gameplay itself is is Quick. a little. 
The gameplay itself is a little more like slowed down, but that makes the quicker, more intense parts of the game feel a lot more quick and intense. Right, like you have because the quick, a, you have the quick draw ability. Like you can quick draw, yeah. and fire off a bunch of shots. Fistful of Frags is basically a free to play. Um, and by free to play, I don't mean like, oh, the base game is free, and then there's like little things you have to purchase. No, it's completely free. It started as a source mod, but now it's just a standalone Half Life Two mod. All you need is Steam to play it, and it's basically a uh, big old shooter that takes place in the wild, wild uh, American West, mm-hmm. and it is uh so it's as opposed to like the wild very... wild like european west yeah i mean we don't want to talk about like feudal <laughs> japan or something it's uh <laughs> uh it's very inviting to newcomers which was surprising yeah um, i mean i i played it yeah. for the first time with you guys the game uh, has I was, a i was kind of like into it the, the game first has five an seconds. interesting yeah. uh focus on accuracy than anything else like accuracy is key in this game because yeah. all of the ga- uh, all the guns are you know couple hundred year old you know revolvers and they were terrible and exactly those so things if, would like fire anywhere so if you can land a shot you have an advantage and that's the idea right. but you also have tons of other things at your disposal you have uh, uh one of my favorite things to do is they have these brass knuckles and you can punch enemies and if you punch them from the fu- uh, the front you can actually punch the guns out of their hands and then you can punch them to death. Yeah, exactly. I think it it's... makes melee combat that much more viable. Yeah, and there's also Which a big great. kick that's really overpowered. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of cool things. I recommend it. They also encourage you to use little guns to. They encourage you to use little guns to gra- gain so gra- grab your friends, download the game, and, and have a grand old time. And I mean, yeah. if your computer can run Half Life Two, well, there you go. Then it can run yeah. this game. And if you have if a fun... you're in... <laughs> If you're in the year 2015 and your computer can't run Half-Life 2, I'm sorry. <laughs> if yeah, you're, exactly. Uh, but if you're in the market for something that costs a little bit of money, uh, go for Duck Game. It's Duck like great. 10 bucks, 13 bucks right now for a single-player single, pl- single player version of the game. Uh, you can get a multi-pack uh, for like 30 bucks, get four copies, give it to three of your friends, and uh, make a game night out of it, or several game nights out of it. It's It's a fun game. And each experience will feel unique. You'll learn a lot about the, how the game works just from playing it. And uh, every time you play it, you'll find something new, uh, which is what's so great about the game. Uh, but yeah, that's what I played this week. Do you guys want to get into any of our topics? Do you want to talk about the conference that is actually happening right now? Uh, I want to talk about it because in the time you guys have been discussing things that I don't understand, I've been trying to keep up with it. And I have interesting you know, they, news Have to they share. been announcing more? Is it still going on? I'm just glad. Um, I'm just glad new Nintendo Club Plus for the Wii U and 3DS XL is being finally released and being retitled Nintendo Account. That's what I'm happy for. Actually, um, apparently it's not that was... at all. Actually, <laughs> Chris, uh, actually there was a translation error. Um, it's oh, not called Nintendo there? Account. Apparently, it's called My Nintendo. Oh, okay. That's just, not as it? bad. I think it's cute. Yeah, that's not as bad. We were... Um, I thought a Nintendo b- account was funny. Before the show started, we uh we talked about it a little bit, because we were waiting for the news to come in before we actually could start the episode, and uh, we were talking about it, and it's like, oh, it's a Nintendo account, and I was like, that sounds really dumb, um, <laughs> just because it's such a generic name. I don't think my Nintendo is much better, but I think it is better. <laughs> At least by a little bit. So yeah, I I'm think happy so. that that's and there's also, did. I mean, the main thing, there, there wasn't too much coming out of there that was Zelda related. The main thing was that uh, 
apparently Zelda Amiibos, Amiibo, which I think they, I think the idea was that they meant Link Amiibo because last I checked, that was the most popular one. Is the most mm-hmm. pop is still the most popular, highest selling in the U.S. and um, Europe. Um, but there's also there's also like a bunch of slides that Nintendo's showing there, and one of them shows Link in a different render, or like a slightly. It looks sort of like a more advanced render than we've seen, but it's the same pose from Twilight Princess. So there's, I think Go Nintendo just reported on this, but they were just saying, is there something there? Like, is it hinting at Twilight Princess HD? Because we've already got a bunch of hints that are almost confirming right. it, but not confirming it officially. And Nintendo did. I'm not sure. That they, I'm really that not they sure. They do this have point. some things uh, on the way for the Wii U and 3DS mm-hmm. this holiday that they haven't announced yet. Right. That's right. that's like the one thing I'm most interested in in the fact that they have games that apparently are to come out before the year ends that are unannounced. And we're getting a Nintendo Direct this year. Yeah, yeah we're getting one before. That was the most like exciting that. thing for me cuz I didn't know oh, if I just want to throw one. this one little uh, anecdote. Uh one of the topics we were going to have this week was about a hashtag that was going around. Chris briefly mentioned it last week called Nintendo Indirect about how Nintendo Hasn't had a Direct since E3. Um, it's kind of pointless to bring it up, because today they just announced that they're going to be doing a Nintendo Direct by the end of the year. So, mm-hmm. all I'm going to say is, it's <laughs> what was that? It, there's nothing else to say. It's like, alright, well, that topic's been covered. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I, all that's really left to say is what the opinion on Nintendo Indirect is and that it's dumb because I didn't like it. I didn't like that it was a, a hashtag to begin with. I think it was a little bit too. It's in- kind of di- obvious on why they haven't made a direct. Yeah, it's insensitive. It's, I'm, I'm actually. It, why to die? They have to redo the entire company. They gotta. Jeez, yeah. okay, I think it's the first time like that, that Kimishima has been addressed the investors like this before. Uh, this year, I I just thought it was a funny idea, just because like oh it's. Ah, like, they got us, like, it's funny how there's no direct, you know, I didn't even think about it as, like, it being the Waters thing, I just thought about it being, like, okay, it's just a Nintendo thing, like, they'll well, do one whenever. that's the thing that, that a lot of people were saying was, is this an Iwata thing, or is this a Nintendo thing? Like, does Nintendo owe us another one, or is it something that they have to kind of honor as part of Iwata's legacy that they can't really touch anymore? It, I, but is it something that, like, they owe us? I just thought it was something that's just like, oh, you know, they, they usually, we've seen some, you know, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea. If, not that it wouldn't be a bad idea, but it, it wouldn't be, like, uh, a surprise if they were to do another one. No, well, no, no. It's, new, it was the, the idea that they kind of... Hmm? Uh, with the same announcement uh, saying that there's a Nintendo Direct coming towards the end of the year, or before the end of the year lets out, they also said that in 2016... The format of Nintendo Direct will change. In what I'm way? Not surprised. They didn't say. They didn't say how. They just said it will change, which makes complete sense. Like we're talking about, it was Iwata's brainchild. Um, yeah, right. So it makes sense that they're changing the format. I hope they don't change it too much because I, I like it. It it succeeds. It's it's a really it's very way pleasant, just, straightforward, yeah, very simple. I feel like it's fun. I feel it, like what they might do. This is just me saying what would be cool, but. I would like to see them maybe merge what Iwata was doing, not only with the directs, but with Iwata asks. I would like to see more devs kind of come on and talk about their games and. Right. Yeah, that'd be that would be good because you can actually see from the the source. Yeah. What the games are going to be like, uh, and I think that the devs would prefer that because a lot of devs nowadays know that there is a chance that they could kind of become 
the next I, superstar, I, just hope they, I guess you could say. Like, devs are getting a little bit more appreciation these days than, than ever before. And it, it isn't just like, oh, I like uh, I like this game. It's, oh, I or here's a good example I know. It's not just, oh, I love Undertale. Oh, it's, oh, I really like Toby Fox I for mean, making thing, Undertale. The thing that got me you know? about there not being a Nintendo Direct was, was not that, like, people complained that it wasn't it was nintendo not communicating with their fans which i think is wrong because if anything maybe it's them just trying to make the the, the was, direct list the best direct that they yeah, can it bring was, well, they can't year. do it too quick they probably had one in store i said this before i think they had one in store yeah. but they didn't want to put it out because it, it featured iwata and that would have been really concerning yeah, they, for a lot of people they definitely had uh, like a an August direct planned, or at least shot a little bit, and they didn't want to go through with it. Yeah, and um, now they're just waiting to kind of let things settle within the company and with the fans. Near the end of August, they kind of just like abruptly released all the release dates for all their games, which is fine. Um, Nintendo not doing a direct doesn't mean Nintendo doesn't want to communicate with their fans. If anything, that just means they're not putting out the extra effort that they were doing beforehand. If anything, right. what they're doing now is just what any other video game company does. Yeah. They're going to save all the good stuff. Um I actually had a had a thought about like this They've been new keeping format. up with their updates just fine. Also released... it's uh Yeah, yeah I must say they haven't with, like... with a new with a new guy in charge with Kimishima back in charge, things are going to change and that's yeah. fine. That should be accepted and that should be expected by us fans. So I, I'm I'm hoping I, that they 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 keep like the same level of like transparency. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm that glad that they were able to side. this early on start to kind of come back out of the woodwork and and do something a little bit more that was close to their usual publicity yeah which is with the you know talking about having another direct of some kind and you know having the the conference actually be publicly available to some capacity because they could have made it completely closed off no media uh but they didn't they chose to actually let people uh report on it which is uh pretty nice i'd say even with um no Nintendo Direct. Nintendo has been pretty upfront with all their news. They've been releasing trailers right. left and right. They've been, as I said, they released the release dates for all their games back in August. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I saw one person on the hashtag going like, "Oh, well, where's all of my, uh, you know, where's my Smash Brothers news? Where's my, uh, where's my Splatoon news?" And I was like, "Are you kidding? There, there was a Smash Brothers Direct, like right yeah. before E3, and Splatoon is a game where you boot it up." And the game literally tells you what's going on in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, through a billboard. Not like, I, not only I feel, that, I, f- I feel like if this next direct happens, we will get the new Smash Brothers news. The day that the, yeah. the big news broke that there was going to be another direct, I still saw people complaining on Nintendo's Twitter. Where's the direct? Oh no, are, people like, are, are we people ever getting are, another direct? They're doing this conference right now, and people are still going. Where's my Nintendo direct? Like, chill. It's. <laughs> I guess in the in the end, this is all Nintendo's fault for like. This is all Nintendo's fault for like offering the Nintendo Direct to be. Yeah, like, how how dare Nintendo not give us more news on Mario Tennis for people to yeah. talk about for no reason? Exactly. Yeah, uh, guys, there's um some more stuff coming out about my Nintendo. Oh, me Nintendo. Is is it gonna have like you know like points and stuff? Yeah, it like will have points. Like... There's a points program for purchasing and playing console and mobile games. Uh, it can be used towards DLC, original goods, Here's... and game coupons. By mobile, are they including 3DS or is this just phone stuff? It's probably both. I mean, there. I understand mobile the, includes the entire like, the my the Nintendo account such. will go over PC, smartphone, uh, PC? consoles. 
Oh, oh my god, process. is there going to be like a Steam Nintendo integration? I mean, there a big thing about this is the integration aspect. The idea you can use it with your other services like Facebook, Twitter, Google. Um, what if Nintendo has an equivalent to like Uplay? That would be funny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that um, would actually be the worst. That wouldn't be funny. I'm just kidding. But what if... there's yeah, and it will and their idea is that it will the account services will also extend to what they offer through the theme parks and other things. Do, oh, does this mean no more friend codes? We could just have unified like uh, you account do have names? to you do have to both accept each can other. I, it's like a friend list. Can I can I import my friend code and like all my stuff is there? I have no idea. That's what I want. They're, That's they're what I want. Probably not going to go into. The itty bitty details of everything. I want like the yet. PSN, the Xbox Live version of Nintendo, because Nintendo's always in this Fred Coast. So what, what if Nintendo, um, since the NX is supposed to be like a weird console handheld hybrid, what if they're doing what like Microsoft is doing with the Xbone and being able to stream like your console games to your PC from like a different room in the house? That's like the goal. <laughs> That'd be pretty that is that is literally the goal. That'd be pretty great. I mean, with your new PC, Colin, even you too can play Super even Mario Brothers. Even I can play virtual console games from 1980-something. Yes. Fun, fun times. We should just sit back and relax and, you know, just wait for our you Smash Brothers You know, Nintendo news. has released four games within, what, like three weeks? Oh, Woolly World, uh, Chibi Triforce Robo, Heroes, Triforce Heroes, Chibi and Robo. Fatal Frame. I don't know yeah, if we yeah. count Chibi Robo. I don't think you. I, I know. I, I know. We like know immediately writing things off as bad because we're cool, but like, still, that's a full-fledged 3DS game. Yeah, it's not like it's some like, and plus, it had a physical release too. It's not like it was just a digital download. Yeah, and a full. It had a digital release, physical release, an amiibo. It had, it had like an a whole amiibo. thing, a whole direction. Right. It is in fact a like, AAA video game yeah, for a handheld. It's, it's a big. It's a big release. It was. It was treated as such, and we should, as fans, treat it as such. They're still updating. By the way. I'm still peeved. I know I mentioned this last week. Still peeved that some people are considering Triforce Heroes a side game. It's a direct su- successor to Link Between Worlds. It's not a side game. Shut your mouths. Also, they're still people. updating Splatoon and Smash Brothers and Mario Maker, which, by the way, next month, there's oh, going to be... Oh, Mario Maker has been doing great. Everyone's ha- really oh, happy about this next Colin, update. Oh, tell them the... the Colin had some like really next awesome news that he Super wants to Super Mario Maker update. Uh, Areno of Game Center CX will have the custom level that he made will be added to the game, and if you beat it, you will unlock Areno as uh, a sprite that you can play as within Mario Maker. But Colin, who's Areno? You shouldn't be he's, asking Colin that question because you should have already watched Game Center like we told you to. <laughs> just, you know what? Here's what we'll do. In the in the links below, you will find uh, a link to for the, the second time. Yeah, a link to the world. No, you'll find a link to the Mario Maker special that he was a part of that right. he shows off the level in. Uh, and, and if you're wondering where that is, if you're listening on some sort of podcasting app, that's on ZeldaInformer.com, where you can find a bunch of the news regarding Nintendo's uh, latest conference, a bunch of the news regarding Triforce Heroes walkthroughs, all that fun stuff, a bunch of merch, and other cool things from our fan base. So uh, if you haven't checked out the site, or if you uh, aren't checking it out on all right, if you aren't listening to the podcast on the site right now, uh, head over to ZeldaInformer.com to check that out and all the topics we talked about. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, topics. Some of our fans sent us topics. And if you have any of your own, feel free to send this to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Can uh, I spell it out again? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, that was terrible. Uh, do you guys want to talk about uh, one of our fan topics from this week? Sure. Let's do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Colin, you sound a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. Did I? Okay, cool. I was worried that I cut you off too early. No. Um. So first, this comes from a fan named Dave, who I want to give a little shout out to. Uh, Dave sent me a Nessa Amiibo the other day, which was super sweet. I couldn't find one. And uh, he sent it in box, mint condition. I still have it on the shelf. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to open it or if I want to just leave it in the box because, like, I really want to play with it. But I'm also really, I'm just, like, too excited looking at it. I was ecstatic the whole way, like, this whole week just because of it. So thank you again, Dave. Uh, Dave, and, uh, if you want to send me a million dollars, please don't f- feel free to ask what my address is. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Uh, Dave had two topics. Let's get into them. First one, what could be a cool crossover with the Zelda series? Hyrule Warriors feels more like a palette swap, which is a generalization I know, but if you could take another series setting, cast of characters, and have them somehow run into the Zelda characters, who would you pick? There could be some goofy crossovers, but what about some serious ones? Um, Also, what do you guys think about a Zelda-themed Civ edition? Uh, so Zelda I think what he said, means by yes. palette swap was that he we they took Zelda characters and they put them in another game. I think what he means is literally combining two universes so that Phoenix Wright, Professor Layton sort of thing. He yeah. wants to see that sort of treatment happen to the Zelda series and the other um, one. Kingdom Hearts has Disney and Final Fantasy. Uh, so now yeah. that's actually a good question. Zelda X uh, Tekken uh, is my Z- choice. <laughs> Zelda been X fighting games. Zelda X uh, Skylanders. <laughs> I would like to see uh, Zelda X Metroid. The 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 famous Zelda of the famous Legend of Zelda series fight on Buck Bumble from the infamous game Buck Bumble on the N64. <laughs> Please no, that'd be horrible. Can we play the Buck? Can the theme for this week be the Buck Bumble theme from already... Buck Bumble on the N64? I'll make it the uh, I'll make it the news theme from this week. So Please if do. any of you are listening to the the little rundown I gave. That what song was from Buck Bumble. It's time to rock with the Bickety Buck Bumble. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> they heard it already. Um, they don't need it anymore. Maybe like the Legend of Zelda Cross, uh, some other series that could like go with it. That's a good question. I don't even know a series that could go with it. You know, I was um, honest, um, honestly, Castlevania. I was thinking. <laughs> I would love uh, to see a, a Bloodstained Zelda crossover. I was honestly thinking about Professor though. Layton, but like it's just too far a cry. It was just slightly oh, closer. You, you was that, that a pun? Zelda, Zelda Cross no. Far Cry. Okay, Sorry. sweet. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I know I know that's a game, but I wasn't referencing it. Oh. Imagine a, a palette swap of Legend of Zelda and Far Cry. That would be crazy. That so probably Cyrus... Do you know the definition of insanity? <laughs> what if Ganon says, do you know the definition of insanity? That would be crazy. And yes, basically Skyrim. But like, yeah, basically Skyrim. Scrim? I would like to see. This is gonna sound strange. I'd love to see a Metroid and Zelda crossover. Uh, I, that I know, isn't obscure. I don't know why. I just like the idea of Samus being stuck in Hyrule. Okay, I, I, I have this is a good idea. What if we put Link in a Grand Theft Auto Five, and uh, we gave him a gun? <laughs> he did make a he did make a pretty cool suggestion. The idea of a, a Zelda themed Civ game. That all right? That would be perfect. I'd play that all the time. Yeah, that'd be if pretty they, cool. If they want to add that to like, it, like you know, Civ Five has or yeah, Civ Five has the Brave New World. If they want to add like the Brave New Hylian World, uh, like a so, like it's all focused after a while about the magic section. Like after you get after you finish Medieval, it goes through uh 
Oh, like, dude! Imagine if you have like a magic like winning, like you could win via magic. Yeah, just That'd like be crazy, the Conjuring victory. Oh, religion would be so much like like bigger. Play it would play an even bigger role in in Civ if it, if that were the case, because like probably goddesses and such. Mm-hmm. Dang. Um, actually, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I like the idea of Civ. I think it's the best one. Maybe like. Actually, you know what would be pretty cool? Then this could do, like, Nintendo could actually do it. Like, it's completely viable. Oh, oh yeah, what? dude. Zelda Cross Nintendogs. Yeah, no, totally. Um, <laughs> what about Nintendo, like, like Zelda and Bravely Default? Oh, that'd work. That'd work actually really well. Yeah. Or, or Zelda and Xenoblade. Oh, that would work perfectly. I think, I think Zelda, I think Zelda, I think Xenoblade would be a little further out. I th- Xenoblade yeah. would be cool, but I think I would like Bravely Default more, because, uh, like a, I could see how they'd fit it into full RPG uh, would be kind of Bravely cool. Default, as like Link is kind of transported to be like, yeah. like the. Uh, did I say Bravely Default or did I say Xenoblade? You said Bravely Default. Oh, I meant oh, to say Xenoblade. No, this is the one I could I see want. it. I could this see it one. happening in Xenoblade because, uh, like Link is transported as this hero to the future, and yeah. everything's all crazy and the Monados there and all that stuff, and Not he it. has to kind of help out. With Minata. the problems going on over there, with I their want British people, a crossover between <laughs> the Legend of Zelda and Fire Emblem, because it would be perfect. yeah, that too. It would be absolutely perfect and amazing. Jeff, we can't have perfect things. All, all right, right. I want to see tired Link's of crossbow training mixed with anime. Battlefield. Let's do it. What oh happened? God. Oh, that would look so awesome. Link's crossbow training and the Battlefield franchise. Let's do it. That would literally look like the greatest game ever. <laughs> Call of Duty crossbow training. Yeah. No, but Battlefield, because Battlefield's better than Call of Duty. Depends don't, on which one. Don't. don't I don't know. It. I played Hardline this week, I'm, and Black Ops Hardline, 3 is coming out. Not Hardline. Legend I'm of Zelda, like, Hardline. I'm talking about, like, Battlefield, like, Bad Company 2. Did Link like, just three. slice a building in half? Link just sliced a building in half. Oh, that's actually a pretty good idea, Adam. Uh, Legend of Zelda and Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Oh my god. <laughs> did Link just slice a giant mech robot building in half? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. See. I mean, if it were if it were a franchise in the truer sense, Shadow of the Colossus would be fantastic because I just want giant boss fights that to, to do in Zelda, and I think it would be amazing. Okay, uh, okay here's an idea. Here's an <laughs> idea. Legend of Zelda crossover with Gundam. Yes. I think Imagine we can stop a... now. I was okay. Yes. Just before we like leave that, I just want to say anything with Gundam is a okay in my mind because I like Gundam. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's get into one of the topics that I wanted to. So ask if you, you wonder what our answer was, it was Legend of Zelda and Akira. Yes. Perfect. All right. Moving. Moving on. So I asked you guys for your top three Halloween games this week because. People just had it, the people that are listening to this week's episode. They just had themselves a uh, very spooky Halloween, and it'll be probably need Halloween, some. Actually, this this episode goes up. That's true, but I don't know if everyone's listening to it on. But it's, it's a very spooky weekend, uh, and they need something to help wind them down or help uh, you know keep that Halloween spirit going. So, uh, what do you guys suggest for all these recommend. all these ghouls and gals? <laughs> um, PT. You can't play uh, that anymore. Sorry. Uh, if you have it, you can play it. I don't know what you're talking about. If you um, have it, you yeah. Actually, can. I guess that's waste. It's waste of an answer because people can't even download that anymore. 
How sad. You you people yeah. cannot download the game. I can't download the game either. So uh, if you want something if you want something difficult but kind of silly, Oregon Trail. I recommend that totally. Or Oregon Trail or Oregon Trail? Oregon Trail, which is the zombie okay. version of Oregon Trail. Now, I have a funny anecdote about that game. Uh, so, this happened, this didn't happen to me, this happened to my brother, uh, who was on the podcast one time a long time ago, if you guys remember that. Um, so what he had done, he, he had told his friend, uh, a friend of his that, like, for some sort of holiday, or whatever it was, that he wanted the game Oregon Trail, because it's like, yeah, it seems like it's whatever game, and I just want it. He's like, oh, okay, so his friend got him a game, and he sent it to him as a gift, uh, and he turned on the game, and he just... He was so confused because he's like, "This isn't the game I was. I wanted this. It's like zombies or whatever it was." And um, he told me, "Was like, wait a second. What is the title of this game? Organ Trail? What is this?" <laughs> and it was really funny. And that's my stupid anecdote for the night. I, have, I just thought it was funny that he mixed up the two names. That's fine. I have two more games that I'd like to recommend. Uh, the second one is gonna be, uh. If you like something that just kind of has a spooky atmosphere, Vlad the Impaler is a great uh, just story game. Something pretty light, pretty easy to play. Uh, took me about an hour to play the game. And then my last suggestion is another sort of indie game, uh, Lone Survivor. It's a fun little game for those of you looking for a creepy sort of pixel experience. Um, I, f- I find myself genuinely frightened by this game. So, I totally recommend it, and uh, I'll pass it off to whoever wants to go next. Dibs. All right. What, what, what was your answer? <laughs> no, I just said his, dibs. Just his to make dibs, sure I his... get to go second. Okay, then. Third! Um, I guess I'll go fourth. All right. Glad we established that. No, I didn't even um, say anything yet. What? You said third. No, I'm saying... Okay, so I'll, I'll recommend three games. First one is Undertale. I disagree. Okay, you're allowed to disagree, but I'm going to recommend because... Undertale. It's my Halloween game, and I th- there actually is, I believe there's going to be a Halloween patch. So, I've seen some pictures, I'm not sure if they're just altered, but it looks like it changes like some things to pumpkins and adds Halloween decorations okay. and looks cute. Um, and there are ghosts and ghouls and things. Um, second Ooh. game I recommend is Metroid Prime. Because... Spooky it's atmosphere. Not, it's spooky atmosphere, and then if you fight, there are like these ghost enemies you'll eventually encounter, and they are scary. And turn off the lights, and you'll be frightened. Now, my third one is a tie, and it's a tie between um, a Nintendo Land's Luigi's Mansion level. Oh, that's a fun level. That's a great party level. It's it's super fun, and if you have friends over mm-hmm. for Halloween or whatever, I encourage you to bust that out and just recommended it before. Make it, Whoever's make playing it the ghost goes in the bathroom. Yeah, you go in the bathroom. That's the only way. Or you just play. or the closet or wherever. Just make it so that the players can't see you, and it really adds to that whole spooky aspect of the game. Yeah, and then I know I said I had a tie, but I honestly can't remember what the other game is. So we're just gonna leave it at those three. All right then. Cool. All right my diddly turn um so the three i got i got something new i got something old and, and something blue something in between yes <laughs> uh for something new fatal frame five good choice just do it go get it it's great Ooh, can yeah. i recommend something kind of a shout out i forgot go for it silent hill shattered memories 
God, Adam, what what are you doing? What is this? What do you mean Silent Hill Shattered Memories? I love that game. That's the Wii one, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. What are you? I, I love that one. I am. Uh, anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. Go no homecoming. Uh, <laughs> something old I recommend is uh, Sweet Home. Sweet Home is a uh, horror JRPG for the NES that was not released here. But if you go online, a English translated fan, like a fan translated English ROM is not hard to come by. Uh, throw it on to your favorite NES emulator. You can use Google on how to do that. Uh, it's great fun. It's a precursor to the uh, Resident Evil series. It's got all it helped sorts of... uh, establish a lot of things in the horror genre, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, it's It's got really cool puzzles to it, and uh, it's just a great game to play. Even though it's single player, it's great to play with uh, friends late at night, just trying to figure out all the puzzles. And, and it was uh, also based on the movie. Yeah, it's based the on the movie name. that has never been released on DVD or Blu-ray. So, Interesting. There you go. And in so checks out Sweet Home and my third game. I had a few I was kind of thinking of, but I'm gonna have to recommend Deadly Premonition, uh, for the 360, okay. the PS3, and the PC. I am a huge Twin Peaks fan, and that game is basically Twin Peaks, the video game. Uh, Are you talking Twin Peaks, as in like the restaurant? No, I'm not talking about the Hooters clone. <laughs> I am talking about the wonderful. <laughs> cult favorite uh tv show from 1991 that david lynch made and deadly premonition is pretty much a video game adaptation mixed with a little bit of uh silent hill and alan wake so okay check out those three they're great fatal frame five sweet home and deadly premonition okay i guess it's my turn now right yes okay i remembered my uh, third i have well you're not allowed to say it okay I, all right, so um, for my three, uh, two of them are critically acclaimed as the best video games ever. Uh, and the last one, it's actually yeah something that I haven't played yet, but I, I think I'm going to play soon. Uh, the first one being uh, Slender, the original game. Uh, play that for Halloween. It's spooky, I guess. Um, the second one being Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, some indie game some guy made. It's pretty Did you cool. say Five Minutes at Freddy's? I said five. Well, I mean, you're probably only gonna last five. Five minutes, hours but... at Freddy's. <laughs> it's five nights. Five Freddy's at five guys. Yeah, f- that that game. Five guys, uh, burgers and fries uh, <laughs> at Freddy's. At Freddy's. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I guess I don't know. I don't really play scary games for the fact because I don't like being scared when I play things because that makes me uh very sad. Oh, want to cry. Dead Space. Play Dead Space. Stop. No, you you now listed I... like six. It's five. I've, I already have this. It's only five. But I just haven't played it. The last game, may I forget the name of it, but if I describe it, I'm sure you'll know what I'm talking about. One of you will. It's where you are in a house, and there's this painter that went crazy, and like you go through amnesia like his the dark mind. Descent? No. Oh, it's, it's not amnesia. Dementium. It's, it's called, called Dementium. It's on Steam. It's like you go through this painter's like life, and like why. Like, people think his paintings are ugly, but he thinks they're masterpieces. And it's the game's trippy as hell. I swear to God, like... Swan? No. Hold on. Give me a second. I'll give you... Layers of Fear? Layers of Fear, I think. Yeah. Is it Layers of Fear? It's Psychedelic yes. Horror take control of a sane painter in his quest to finish his magnum opus. That's it. Yep. Ooh, uh, this looks layers interesting. Of fear. 
Yeah, it oh my god, just watch the trailer. Everyone go watch the trailer on Steam. Uh early the game access. like literally just came out like a few weeks ago. It's early access, but it's like complete pretty much, but not really. I'm getting um, that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly check that out. Um that, that's the like game my I early remember? Yeah, that is the game I remembered. No, can I say um, the game I remembered? Either way, no, it's like until, you should also play Until Dawn. Um anyways, yeah, what's up? What's uh, I was just my tie game was Triforce Heroes. And not because of spookiness, obviously, I hope. Um, but just because of that costumes. That has nothing to do with Halloween. It's got costumes. It's the whole game. But it's yeah. like, Alright, my top three Halloween with... games are Kirby's Epic Yarn, uh, Tetris, and Yoshi's Cookie. You had... Tetris? You are throwing this out of proportion. You could have just said uh, Yoshi's Cookie, Kirby Golf, and uh, like my, one other game, and you would have had like the right, trifecta of like, the games. most hated games. Star Wars, uh, <laughs> you know, Starfighter. Like games that um, make you hate your friends. Well, Pac-Man, it's my favorite one. Anyway, All right, Kagan let's, Lynch let's, 2, Dog Days, let's, Duke Nukem uh, Forever. Let's move on. And Sonic. Uh, because I'm Boom. tired of these listings. Sonic 06. I want to get into what we all came here for, the meat and potatoes. Oh. Is that the Nintendo Direct? No, sir, it is not. It's Halo Five. I want to talk about okay. that 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 Good. monster because of a monster of a story. That is our meat and potatoes. I am yes. the only one here who's actually played it. So can I get the vegetarian? Option? Oh, by the way, really quick, if you play Mario Maker, uh, they're adding checkpoints in that update. So lots of good things coming out. Those of you, you who played Mario Maker, mention that once. if you need if you need checkpoints to play Mario Maker, you're a wuss. Well, no, it's just it makes the game more fun. You can this add is them. also it, the checkpoint. Does of the it podcast. make it more fun? It makes it makes it like easier. Makes it you're a wuss if you need them. Anyway, I, I they're only adding checkpoints if the person making the level adds them. Yeah, if you add checkpoints to your level, then you might have a really hard level. Anyway, so uh, Halo, so Halo 5. Five. It's um poorly it's written things. It's it's not necessarily poorly written. It just could, it, it could is written better. <laughs> Um, it's written like fan fiction. It's not written like fan fiction. It's it's a very intricate game, and it, it's weird the things that they did. Are we gonna? Okay, let's decide right now. Are we gonna do spoiler free or spoiler written? I think we should do spoiler free. Spoiler free. Okay, let's do spoiler free. Fine. Um, I think Caleb, and if you are interested, uh, Caleb played through most of the campaign or all of it actually on his Twitch channel. Which you can find down below if you're curious and you want to watch him play through the game and cry. I, I, it's if, pretty. If for those, I, I mean, I think we should explain just in case some people, if we had any followers come after Caleb left. Caleb used to be one of the old guys in the show, uh, and he still does things sort of. Um, and he played the game, and we love him. So go check out everything he does and subscribe to him on Twitter and stuff. Uh, but yeah, he played through the game, and I watched him play it. Uh, it was it was an experience. I watched him break the game. I watched him cry in anguish at every turn, at every major plot point. Um, it is a, it is a game that Caleb probably described it best. A game that tr tries to not be Halo and fails at it, in the same way that Halo Four tried to be Halo and failed at it. But at least with Halo Four, it had kind of an excuse because it didn't know what it was doing. This game knows exactly what it's doing, and it's still messed up. To me, I feel like this game was trying to live up to be the sequel that Halo 2 was to Halo Combat Evolved. And it did it in the ways that Halo 2 didn't, and therefore it led to its failure. However, it's not a bad game. You know, it's still, it's quick pace. It's an okay it's, game. It's not good. It's, 
I mean, I just feel like they dropped the ball in some aspects of the campaign. And I, I'm only spe- speaking specifically for the campaign. Like, right, no, no, that's what I'm. Um, that's what I'm talking about as well. I I could care less they, about the multiplayer as they, of they, this moment. Yeah, they they tried some things out. Except, like in, let me rephrase that. Wise. I could care less about the multiplayer, except for couch play. I'm still really annoyed about that. They got rid of couch play, uh, it's for the screen, sake, you mean? for the sake of making the game prettier. Oh, oh, and I, that is one of my biggest complaints about this game, because you could so and Adam can may I curse in this part? Sure, go for can, it. Okay, I uh, you can beat me up. You could so yeah. fucking tell when parts of the character animations go from 60 to 30 frames. In fact, most of them are in 30 frames, not even at 60 frames. Because if you really take a look at the characters, you'll see how, like, unsettling their movements are across, like, the beautiful background. And I'm like, what the Yeah, yeah there's some really at? gorgeous, uh, there's some really gorgeous, like, cutscenes. But I wouldn't give up the entire game having a couch play aspect to it for that. Especially in a market where graphics are reaching that point where I don't really care anymore about how the game looks. It's we've reached a point where things can look beautifully detailed. Uh, Halo very Four easily. looked amazing. Halo Four looked amazing. Oh yeah, and, like they don't really need to top it from Halo Four necessarily. It's not like we're in the Stone Age of graphics of video games. Like it's I not... think they've reached their peak at this point. Um, it's yeah, sacrificing split screen was a huge like downsell like for me because I usually play Halo with my brother like when we first get it, like we'll play it it's on legendary. It's the thing that made done, then Halo very accessible. It's what yeah. made the franchise blow up is couch play, and to the fact that they kind of scoffed at it and kind of brushed it off as something that they didn't need in favor of another feature, uh, in favor of a cosmetic feature. It it's it's disappointing, and it doesn't make me feel confident as a customer. So, I don't like I, three I for will... three. I really I mean, don't like three for three. Three for three is no Bungie. I can say that much. But they... I, I still feel like Bungie f- messed up on the last Halo, which was Reach that they did, and I I didn't really I, I liked Reach did not because at least I did not the... enjoy Reach at all. With Reach, I felt like I could care about each of the characters. With this game, it feels like each character is forced on you if you don't know the backstory. I didn't like the Call of Duty aspect of Reach. That's what ruined it for me. That's and fine. I guess it, it ruined the rest of Halo, but that's I mean, fair. I, I got used to it. What do you think about the squad play in this in this in Halo Five? Because that's the, kind of a new oh, thing. The AIs are very responsive. Uh, they did a good job with the AIs. I, I got to say. Um, think so? And I, yeah, I, I honestly do like. Um, even not as the enemies, I could tell what they did. Do in the between... uh, do you control the AI or do they move on their own? You can direct them where you want them to go. Okay. Like, you can say, hey, uh, go there, or go there, and, like, whenever, it, instead of just, like, dying, you can you get down, so to speak, and they will revive you. Right, but you if know? an enemy gets to you in time, they can knock you out. Barely. Like, you still, you have, like, a time limit before mm-hmm. you get knocked out. So, like, right, and right. more often than not, they will and, come uh, and rescue you. If you, if they do help you up, you both get, like, a shield boost as a reward. So there is incentive to go and, like, pick up or fallen teammates. Yeah, and, and, and but like the thing is, like if one of your AIs get down and like no one brings them back, then they're gone for the rest of that mission until like the next mission. That's not the rest sense. of the mission, but like until like the cutscene and then like the next cutscene, they'll, they'll, they'll be there. I've noticed that um, the game actually almost relies a lot on the uh, the squad advancement feature. Yeah, uh, really. I, it's not a bad. It's not a bad move, honestly. Because I think the gameplay I was seeing the game was pretty much punishing you for just trying to kind of breeze through, which is a little weird because Halo is supposed to be, you know, fast-paced, kind of twitchy shooting. Right. But, I mean, the the missions themselves are so, like, 
small as compared to older ones. Yeah, that, like, and there's so much it's, stuff it's hon- going on that you kind of... Yeah, it, it's honestly, like, it, they're, they've, they're, they've caught up. Like, the fact that you're just rushing everything means you're missing a lot as well. Like, yeah. Like, you're, if you're rushing Halo 5... Well, then part of what makes it hard to rush or hard to move quickly through that game seems like every enemy is a bullet sponge. I, I, I It seems you like every enemy took way more hits than they used to, uh, even in Halo 4. I uh, I feel like that's different between enemies, like between the Prometheans and like the the regular like the Covenant. I feel like it's different between them. The hunters the are absolutely ridiculous. They can pretty much one hit kill you, and yeah. they take a ton of hits to go down. Um, but and I will say in groups of like three or four. Right, right. But uh, to be honest, like I think they they did a better job making the AI like a not that they weren't like tough. Like, before, but, like, before, I think we just had, like, a, a lot of volume of AI before, like, a lot of enemies that you just had to get through and, like, beat. This time, I think they toned it down a little bit, but they just made each of them, like, a little harder. Uh, I don't know. It seemed, like, a little bit more busy than usual, uh, which is maybe, saying maybe a lot. Just, maybe it might have just... I, I noticed that there was a lot of business going on in the background, though, so maybe it just might be, like, the, the contrast between them. Maybe. Like, it wasn't a lot. It like, also... Really tell. Another thing was the environments themselves kind of blended together. Like, each world had its own look, but it seemed like the worlds themselves had this sort of blandness to them, and it was, everything was very dull. Even with the interesting tr- attempts at making an interesting landscape, there was one solid color. Everything was either orange or green or blue, and it, it, it kind of made everything feel boring. It didn't make me feel like I, w- I would want to sit around and just look at what's going on in the environment at any given point, almost as if they didn't even care what it looked like. Uh, they just wanted you to focus on shooting things, uh, which is disappointing because Halo usually has these like really interesting locations. It takes you to these extraordinary places and and, and invites you to explore its environment. Uh, I feel like that. I, I feel like that's true as far as like maybe the Forerunner worlds. Um, I I don't I I don't know if I'm allowed to go into detail about those. Um, but you get to visit some other planets where I feel like they're they're distinct or some other missions like they they're. Landscapes like they they're distinguishable between other ones, but, but like, it doesn't feel like they took as much of an advantage of it as they could have. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I feel like I, they could I have guess... done a, been a lot more ambitious or a lot more interesting. At least in in Halo Four, it definitely there was definitely a little bit more of a of a contrast between the. There levels. seems to be a lot of set pieces that just kind of came and went, mm-hmm. um, and not not like gracefully in any way like yeah. there was there was one section where you there's just a like a little jet helicopter thing and it's like oh get in and then you fly it for about a minute and a half and then it tells then, you to get out yeah it just tells you to immediately get out and continue it's on it's very the level. awkward it doesn't make much sense it, it, it just sort of a... appears and then you're done yeah and there's a I mean, scene. But how, how different is that than like going into a pelican and like having? Because in the pelican, in they 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 usually with Halo. Usually, what they try to do is like give you a reason why. Like, oh, we need to get to the the far side of this bay, and uh, the fast way is by pelican. I don't know if you want to walk two hundred miles, soldier. And it's like, all yeah, right, no, so previous... you get in the pelican, you fly over. I don't think they they don't even give you the option of walking the two hundred miles. Well, though. no, that's the idea. Like they but they kind of fo- the difference being in previous Halo games is that they usually had a level like set up like an entire level set up for you using that vehicle like for example or at least a example in halo 1 there's halo 1 you know as soon as you get you know onto 
Halo, like you you hop in a warthog and there's a whole a whole vehicle section based around right. just that warthog. Right. Which is usually how they do it. In, yeah. yeah. They yeah, did that in like, four a little bit. They did that in They, they did that a lot in three and two. Like maybe I think the biggest issue with Halo Five is that like Halo Five is a part of the the, the Reclaimer saga is what they want to call it. With the these next these mm-hmm. three games. I just feel like I call it the fan fiction saga. saga, but that's just me. Oh no, no, no. you're not wrong necessarily, <laughs> but I just, I just feel like they're trying to live up and try to be better than the original trilogy. And I'm not saying that they're they're not that it's not going to work, but it's like you know they we didn't necessarily need four, five, and six to be honest. In my opinion, like I'm glad that I have them and I'm going to play them because I'm as invested as Halo. It, as, it like, feels forced. I'll ever be. It really does. The story feels naturally. very forced. And it doesn't. Like, it didn't have to be. There were a lot of things that they could have done to prevent it feeling and, forced. In fact, there was a lot of things that they could have not done, and they would have still done a great job. Yeah, yeah. they they tried in 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 some ways they tried very very passionately to mm-hmm. to capture that same feeling, and because of that, it be, it was very obvious that they were just trying to imitate as opposed to actually create this interesting uh, story. And tried to develop the characters in a way that was easy for newcomers, but invited you to explore the new material. It relied way too much on the outside material. It relied way too much on the backstory. There's there's too many characters in this game that are not even from previous, like, mainline Halo titles. There's Osiris Team and there's Blue Team, right? Yeah, there's there's characters from ODST, there's characters from Reach, there's characters from... Which is fine... But they're all given way too much time. Outside that you can read, there's books. Right, but there's they're but all I mean, given like way for... too much equal time on screen, and so you get very little time with any of them, and yeah. it feels very like it's all running past you. And as a player, that's not really good for a game where you're trying to understand, or you're trying to establish a connection with characters, especially in one where it's like you're going through basically war. Uh, and it, especially when you've already like labeled Master Chief as the main character of the series, like yeah, uh, obviously it doesn't seem like that anymore. Right, there it's was there wasn't you know, a smoother transition that there could have been if they really do want to switch to another character. There right. could be a smoother transition, I think. Um, uh, I'm I'm I don't know if this is spoilers or not. If it is, you can take it out in editing. Um, but I think probably the the biggest disappointment is that you don't play as chief for the majority of the game. There's 15 yeah. missions and only three of them have you playing as blue team in which you play as master chief. The rest you're all playing as some other dude. I mean, they, they've... that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly who he is. He's some other dude. Cause like Locke was, I don't know. I, I had all these pre notions. Locke is from Locke. ODST, correct? Is he? Yes. I thought that was Buck. I thought Locke was... No, uh, I think a... Buck is from ODST. I thought they were both, yeah. but no, I know Buck, Buck was. Buck ODST, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, just Locke is... I, I'm not as he's not likable as a character. Yeah, he, he he's really He's really unlikable as a character, and that's not really what they should be... That's not what they were going for. It didn't feel I, like they I were... I understand the position that they put him in with the writing, like, you know, all right, he's right. after, like, the hero of the story. So right, but he seems whiny, seems and that, that comes off in little things. Uh, when he goes down... He says, my armor failed on me. That's not like, something uh, that anyone else has ever said in the series. He's not saying I was downed or I did something wrong. He blames his armor for his failures. And that is just a little piece of what really defines him as a character and makes him so unlikable to me. Is that he's not a guy who's willing to take responsibility. He's not the sort of guy that's willing to 
uh, understand his role in things. He w- he's willing to push the blame on other people, and he's uh, willing to act like a baby about it. Uh, so Locke, to me, is a, a terrible, terrible replacement, uh, or even uh, side main character to Master Chief. I think it's I it's a like disservice to fans to make issue, us have to follow this guy for so long. My biggest issue yeah. here is there's a lot of retconning. There's a lot of like characters and heavy retconning, and, like yeah, very no, there's, there's, blatant there's, in your face. Well, like, characters and uh, set pieces and all sorts of things that just come back for the sake of coming back, and they all have horribly contrived reasons. In fact, one of the things they, that comes back kind of is the main plot point of what seems to be the rest of these of this trilogy and it uh it seems odd it really seems odd with a lot of these choices they're making yeah. and it's it's hard to swallow so and thanks not... brian reed yeah thank you i brian mean reed. brian well, reed is the well, lead writer of halo 5 if you're curious he also wrote halo 4 well, yeah, as well too. <laughs> um so hopefully I know Halo 6, I, I know it will not be as good as Halo 3. Um, but we you know you never know. Maybe it's weird too because all these these gaming outlets, these journalists and everything, they're they're praising Halo 5. Like like there are there's been great scores. I've about been it. so disappointed with review scores lately. Just um, completely disappointed. I just, I just feel like they're gonna take that to, to heart because like, you know, I not to heart like but they're gonna feel like, alright, this is important. Like obviously we do good with this game. Now let's uh, let's just keep going because we didn't really mess things up. I'm seeing Link um, Between Worlds getting um, Triforce Heroes getting fives and sevens, and Syndicate Assassin's Creed Syndicate and Halo uh, Five getting eights and nines. And... Uh, well, Syndicate's a different story. I I feel like Syndicate is. I know a lot of people are against that game just because like Assassin's Creed, everyone says it's been going downhill. I disagree. Um, because like I, I I really have no place to speak because I haven't even played Syndicate yet. But like I I feel like they're doing right with the game by a lot of the choices they've already made. Um, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm it not might saying be that Halo Syndicate is a bad game, but I think that the contrast and score between it and Hi- and Triforce Heroes is very odd and very unwarranted. I mean, I said it before. I'll say it again. You should you should really just like if you're interested in the game, pick it up anyway. That's honestly why I, I don't feel comfortable don't, with us don't ever base giving... Our, don't base a review off like, oh, okay, if this game's good, then I'll buy it. Let's you know, like, like Fatal Frame 5, for example, is getting some pretty, like, mid-tier reviews, you know, right. anywhere between 4 and, you know, 7. But, like, it's a pretty good game. Yeah. It's a fine game. I'm sure, I mean, uh, Devil's Third's reviews, like, are in, you know, they're in, you know, the shit yeah. there. But... I mean, it had Some pretty good. Re- it has pr- it has pretty good, you know, fan reception, and in Japan, it got a pretty good reception as well. So I imagine it's, you know, I can't wait for the game to come out. I'll play it. I whatever. I'll wait to have my own opinion on it. To be honest, I'm still gonna have a lot of fun with Halo Five, and I'm gonna try to go back and the game. I'm the multiplayer is, and... is a okay in Halo Five. <laughs> Halo 5's multiplayer is p good. P good. P good. Pretty good. <laughs> Uh, I want to. It's no Halo. It's I've, no Halo Tour. I've said it a few times in previous podcasts, Chris. Uh, I'm just saying it's like it's no Halo Three or Halo Two multiplayer. Absolutely. I mean, kind of on the note of like figuring out why or why not you buy a game, I get a little hesitant. Not just because you know, you know, do I want to 
drop $60, $40 on this game. Uh, it's also a time thing. Like, I know, I, I know that I won't play, if I have too many games, I just won't end up playing through some of well, them, and then it'll just end up sitting around. There's alternatives to that. There's Redbox, there's Gamefly. There's, I use Gamefly. No, Gamefly are. is a God-given gift to video games. Because it's like, I don't know if I want to drop $30 on Dying Light. I might as well just, you know, rent it for the weekend and see how that goes. Gotcha. Um, I want to talk uh, a little, I want to get a little bit more of uh, our fan topics in before we get to our, our last few topics because we're getting close to that time we should start wrapping up. Going a little sure bit, we're probably going to go a little bit longer this week. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for sending in your fan topics. Uh, the if you have any of your own topics that you'd like to submit, feel free to send those to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. We'd also be happy to see any of your fan art, uh, any music, or any uh, cover photos that you may have uh, locked away, or any topics that you may have for us. So yeah, this one comes to us from James, and James asks, If you could guest feature anyone on the ZI podcast, who would it be and why? It must be a real person, so no Midna or Ezlo, guys. And no one deceased. Can I go first? Yes, you may. And can I, can I say more than like one person? You can say two people. Oh, can I say like five? Three. Four. Fine. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, but you can only go into depth on one. Oh shit. Okay, that's fine. Then I'll save the best for last. Um, okay, Lawrence Sontag from Funhouse, formerly of Inside Gaming. Okay. Uh, number two, Tim Geddes, kind of funny. Wink, wink, Tim. Uh, we almost got him. Yeah, things happen. Wink, wink, Tim. <laughs> He's um, busy. He's a busy dude. He is. Uh, yeah, their schedule just completely filled up, apparently. Busy yeah. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> uh, John, John Jafari, Jontron. Um, and fourth, uh, another member of Kind of Funny, uh, Colin Moriarty, uh, the most i don't know just, he is i i honestly believe him to be like one of the like the greatest writers and opinionators and like predictors of the gaming industry ever just because a lot of the things he goes about like with his trends and like his knowledge of like the industry itself is amazing and his predictions are never wrong it's not that they're never wrong but like 85 percent of the time he's correct about the things that he predicts so it's pretty yeah. high it's pretty high percentage it is like uh, Jeff, you've been the most silent, so I'm gonna let you go next, uh, and then Colin. Yes, can I do three? You, you can Fine. do four. Do three. Do three. Just because. Whatever. Just because he did four. Yeah, I know. Just I go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'd Pull my say... leg here. <laughs> I'd say uh, just because I'm already on the Undertale hype train, Toby Fox, mm -hmm. uh, who's the creator of the game as well as. Uh, composer of the soundtrack. Um, he did work with other people, but he is the main one. Uh, Sam, Nintendo fangirl. She has some really cool cosplay for Zelda. Big Zelda fan. It would be cool to talk to her about all that. And uh, this is one that most people probably don't know, but his name is Tsukoji. I think it's Titsuko. Um, but he is a YouTube musician who is very good at playing the kazoo and oh yeah i, I would love to talk to him and yeah. look up the channel kazooed it's kazoo with an apostrophe d there are some wonderful tunes we posted about his Judah valley arrangement his tall tall heights arrangement and he just put up one from undertale 
and it's amazing. Nice. Uh, Colin? Me. Uh, Chris brought up a good one with John Tron. I'd like, I'd like to talk to John Tron. Reminisce about the time I ran into him and he signed a copy of Duke Nukem Forever <laughs> that I had on me. Did that really happen? Yes, it did. Was that in like New York? It was in uh, Magfest, actually. Oh. Okay. I had five. I was carrying five copies of Duke Nukem Forever. Don't. Why? Oh, because. Why? All right, story time. I went to Best Buy one time. Duke Nukem Forever was on clearance for uh, two fifty, and I said, "Hi, I'm going to buy every single copy of Duke Nukem Forever you have in stock." And I did. And I took it, and I'm because I'm friends with uh, John St. John, the voice of Duke. So I went down to Magfest, and I had him sign every single one. And then I was rummaging around. Uh... Did you try to sell them? No, actually. Oh. <laughs> I actually ended up doing so. I sold a couple of them, but I just wanted to have five signed copies of Duke Nukem Forever. And then I was just kind of just, you know, running around uh, the Magfest lobby. And uh, there's John near a fountain. And I was like, I had, I had nothing else on me except these five copies of Duke. So I'm like, hey, why don't you sign one? <laughs> That's great. Um, I, I'll I'll do three as well. I guess if we're gonna go with this theme, uh, John Tron would be one. Uh, this would be impossible, but I would love to get a Reno from Game Center on here. Ah, uh, that was one of mine. It's not it's not gonna happen, and we'd have to have like get, an interpreter an Adam and, and all this. Can we get Adam Sessler. Um. And my third would probably be uh, uh, Storm Dane of Storm's Adventures. Uh, it's a very obscure one. Everyone go on YouTube and look up Storm's Adventures. Uh, it's a series this guy has been doing where he's been reviewing games since like 2006. And his input's been slow, but I, I love his videos all the same. We should do that. I don't think he's doing much. And he loves Zelda. so That'd be cool. Yeah. Um. My three, uh, first off, I just want to say pretty much everyone that we've had on the podcast before as a guest, I'd love to have them back. Uh, it's always it's always such a wonderful experience to get to talk to people. I was going to uh, say. Nick was Waz, Vernon, Dan, uh, Cassie. Uh, you have such amazing people. You have uh, Octopimp, Alex. Uh, you have Sparky the Android. Oh, he's awesome. Bunch of people. Esquire Bob. All these amazing creators, uh, it's such a pleasure to talk to them, to to talk to anyone who makes something, whether it be games, whether it be music, whether it be content, uh, Smooth the Groove, another fantastic guy to talk to. Uh, but the two people that I want to talk to that I was surprised that no one mentioned uh, was, first off, Grant Kirkhope, who's a wonderful person and who really understands how to make the mood of a game uh, and who really understands the joy behind them. Uh, I think he'd be fantastic to talk to. And really Banjo and Kazooie has such mood. Uh, the the brief run in I had with him at E3 was a a blast. Uh, he's a sweet man, very very kind. Uh, it was pretty. And it was neat. The, it was, yeah, it neat. yeah. And the other person I wanted, to, I would really love to have on the show is Koji Kondo, who I think uh, is one of the most influential uh, developers for the Zelda series. Uh, he's the composer, but I think that he understands things about the series that really make it magical that really make it feel like an adventure uh and i think that uh, he'd be a pleasure to talk to uh if not for the language barrier <laughs> so those are my three choices uh even though one of them was not really a choice as much as it was a return um can we also get hideo kojima that would be that would wonderful be great. 
Can we get and his uh, translator, please? Uh, Him too. Who else? Uh, Satoru Iwata. Uh, like the ghost. Can we get please? John St. John on here? Just talk That'd be about fun. Duke Nukem. Happy. <laughs> can we get John Carmack and then not understand a single word he's saying? But just be enthralled the whole time. Can he we would, get John Cena? We would. Can I? We would. <laughs> we would probably need more interpreters for John Carmack than Arena. <laughs> probably. Uh. I was gonna say uh, I'd actually love to have Matt Pat, Matt Pat, back on here. Um, that'd be fun because that was such a that that was I I wasn't on that episode. We were in talks um, to do another episode, but uh, something I guess something came up. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Who knows? But it's a really fun um, one to listen to. If you haven't listened to it, it's it's a good time, and it's got our only fan fiction reading. It's one of my favorite because <laughs> Matt Pat gets to read about me doing some naughty things, things that I didn't even realize that were going to be read on podcast um, <laughs> regardless uh one more thing i wanted to talk about because colin was very keen on talking about it this week uh, oh oh yes. yeah you know what i'm talking about okay. Would you, like to, you can go for it if you want okay i, I, I forget okay I oh All right. you know who i want as a guest in the podcast again if, if you say oh again i was like this is someone i'm sorry one more thing jake or caleb okay. they'd be wonderful to have back as guests just because they're wonderful people. Go check out their stuff. Uh, Jake doesn't have anything up yet on his YouTube channel, but there will be something soon. Uh, and Caleb has his Twitter and Twitch. Go check those out. Anyway, get back into it, Col- uh, Colin. What were you going to tell everyone about? I just want to make it clear that I don't hate Sony. <laughs> so now it's time for me to completely rail on Sony. because it's, something... it's so hard to say that you like the company. When they just Shuei keep Yoshida, making you want to talk ever. badly about them. Why do you want to talk badly about them? What did they do? It, I don't want to. I I have to. But I don't understand. I don't I don't know this one. What what did they do? Why do you All want right. to on them? So <laughs> this this week, Sony released to um a bunch of internal testers for you know new PlayStation UIs and all that. They announced a uh, they didn't announce it. They released a poll for people to vote on uh new features that would be added to a uh 4.0 OS update for the PS4. Most of the features that are on this poll are things that have been either on other systems for years or things that Sony has been very hypocritical about. So some of the things included are notif- uh, notifications when friends come online appear offline mode so you'd be online but it would look like you're offline to other people deleting items from your library hide or completely remove items from your library uh a wish list for the psn store custom backgrounds downloading avatars on the ps4 increasing the max number of people in a party um filtering options of games in your library so installed only download only genre PS1 and PS2 classics, meaning probably going on the store and rebuying all your old games, because fun. Because I doubt they're going to let you actually put your yeah, discs in. Yeah, who needs backwards compatibility? Folders and changing yeah, your PSN ID. Now, as I said, most of these features, if not all of these features, have been available on the PS3, the Xbox 360, Changing a PSN ID has never been available. Well, I'm getting to that in a second. It's been available on the Xbox 360. You've been able to change your gamer tag. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Downloading... Since launch, pretty much. Yeah. 
uh, custom backgrounds, downloading avatars, uh, PS1 and 2 classics, folders, uh, op, you know, deleting things from your library. These are things that are all on the PS3 and the 360. Folders is something the Wii U and the 3DS can do. And change PSN ID is interesting because that is something that Sony has said for years would be impossible to do with their service. But they keep saying that they can possibly kind of do it. Yeah, they've been Which like hinting really... at it, but they've just been like, no, it's impossible. We, can't, we can't do, do it. it, I'm sorry. And yet, Oops. if you vote on it, it'll be Somehow real. it'll magically fix the problem they were having where they can't do it. And the biggest issue with this poll is not that they're letting people choose features they want to see, because most of these features are range from being little tiny things to, you know, pretty... Big, this is you know, this is the same problem that augment your pre-order had. Yeah, these shouldn't be choices. These shouldn't be the, choices. These should most of these should have been things that were on the console at launch, like appear offline or folders. Or these or, are things that they should be working towards. Yeah, reorganizing your game library. These are things that are should have been already coded into the UI back in 2013. No one's and the fact that they these. haven't announced these things as being features that they're going to possibly implement in the future, and this is just to prioritize things, is scary. Because this is a company that usually tells people when they're gonna when they're planning things years in advance. Sony Sony has a habit of saying like, five years down the line, we're gonna be doing this. Yeah, look forward to it. It's 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 really ludicrous, and the poll is set up for people to vote on, of course, bigger, more wanted features like changing your PSN ID or the PS1 or 2 classics. So, it means that all these other things that they have on here are probably not going to be added until another update, and I think that's completely ludicrous. I think that all of these things they just listed, if they're saying that there's a possibility that all these things can be added to the PS4, then they should be. Why can I do most of these things on my Wii U and Xbox One, but I can't do it on my my PS4? Yeah, exactly. It, as like, a consumer, why, that's the question you should be asking yourself. Why should I have to systems? vote on custom backgrounds when it's literally just changing the jpeg behind the menu of the ps4 yeah it's it, it's, it it's youtube red it's trying to make you fight and pay for things that should be basic features and then of course after that you can um you can vote by the on... way youtube red if you use their free trial uh any video you watch will not uh go towards the ad revenue for the person's videos you're watching so yeah there's that little tidbit uh, and fun <laughs> fact, you can also vote on when you want this system update to be released. I don't know why that's a question, but there you go. How's that even an option? That doesn't make any sense. It's like before the end of 2015 or 2017 or later. What? Now? What? Uh, yeah. Why would anyone choose anything else but now? Now. <laughs> Always now. If you're telling me I can get, I can play PS2 games. On my PS4. Soon. Why would I not choose yeah. that? Yeah. Anyway. Um, do you have anything good you want to say about Sony? Kind of balance things out. Uh, me? Yeah. I still like my <laughs> PS3. All right, I love then. my PS4. <laughs> uh, I, I use Sony Vegas. <laughs> alright guys switch to premiere um, well I hope that everyone listening to this episode had a wonderful Halloween uh, is enjoying their weekend and trick or treat yeah, <laughs> oh spooky and that they get to uh, join us again next week for another exciting episode of the podcast 
Uh, this one went on for, for a little exciting episode of and for Zelda a, for a spooky Informer Halloween twist, podcast. we'll be killing Adam live on the podcast next week. You Wait, don't want to miss it. It's gonna uh, be great. It's gonna be Colin, fun. Uh, I, are it? I thought that was just a. Mouth. Why are you? How did you get in here? What are you doing, guys? Podcast over. Chainsaw sound. Oh no, the plague has infected me. <coughs> Watch out!